podcast, where we promulgate that your physical, psychological, and financial health are your true sources of wealth that must be safeguarded and optimized to achieve long-lasting happiness. Here, we'll discuss tactics on how you may self-actualize to reach the pinnacle of authentic masculinity by embracing true libertarian principles, arming yourself with red pill knowledge, as well as implementing the most up-to-date holistic health biohacks to optimize your health. Stop being a blue pill sheep, being led to slaughter by big government and the court system. Become an awakened man. Here's your host, Gregory. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of The Awakened Man. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to go back and talk about cancer. Cancer. A lot of people know people with cancer. I've mentioned in past episodes that one in two men will be diagnosed with cancer, and one in three women will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to die from it. It just means that you'll be diagnosed with it. And look, I mean, you could argue that at any given time, at any moment, we all have cancer because cancer is unregulated cell growth. And in most cases, the immune system can knock out this stuff to the point where you never detect it. But to the point where you can detect it, an example for a mass somewhere in your body, or they might detect it in blood work or in a clinical observation, then you might have cancer. And remember, a, a tumor growth is not cancer. It could be a benign growth or it could be a malignant growth. So if it's malignant, then it, then it grows faster. It's undifferentiated. Uh, it tends to be more aggressive than a benign growth. And that's what we consider to be cancer. So a cancer is a, benign, is a malignant growth. It's a malignant growth. And the reason I want to do an episode on this, and a lot of the things I've, I've kind of touched about on the scam of cancer institutions, cancer research, cancer nonprofits. I talked about the Sujin G. Komen episode I did way back in 2018, which I think is pinned on the naturopathic naturopathicearth.com website, because I think it's really important. And I'll see if I remember to put in the episode notes a link for it to understand the scam that Sujin G. Komen. Every October, right, the NFL, they wear pink ribbons, all, all the, the awareness, awareness. And, and some of the things we'll talk about here, what we talked about in the Sujin Yikoma, but we really focus on mammograms over there and the scam of mammograms and, and other things like that. So I don't want to do too much of an overlap. But the reason I'm bringing this up is Stand Up to Cancer is, is coming out on uh, August 19th. And it is essentially like, you remember when Jerry Lewis used to do those tele, the, the, the uh, what was it, the telegrams, the, tele, the telethons? He used to do the telethons. I think it was Labor Day. Because when I was a kid, they still had it. And it was like three days of just live television where people would come on and talk and do skits and comedic routines and all that. And this is kind of like that, but it's, it's a lot shorter. I think it's just a couple of hours. But every network is showing it. ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC. And they pull out these big celebrities like Reese Witherspoon, for example, and, and Bradley Cooper and some other ones. And they're going to come out and talk about how they were affected by people in their life who had cancer. And essentially, it's a gigantic donation fest. Now, do I have a problem with cancer? Yes. Do, do I want cancer to be limited if slash not a, a, a obliterated? Yes. And in particular, I, this is a personal connection for me because my father, if you go to the the playlist, the feed, Confessions of an Obishad, I talk about what, what my father did for a living. My father was a pathologist. At a cancer hospital. So, I mean, I grew up with it. I grew up at the morgue. He used to run the morgue at this very prestigious hospital. One of the top four in the world in cancer. Research, diagnosis, and so forth. 
And he would take me there on the weekends uh, for at least 10 years because he would go to work on the weekends as well. And he would just let me play with the stuff in the morgue, let me play with the dead bodies. I mean, not play with them, but I mean, he would let me look at them and touch them. He put me in the freezer next to the dead bodies. He let me play with the, the knives and the saws and everything they use. He never let me witness an autopsy, but I, I, I wish he would have. But yeah, I mean, this is close to my heart. So of course I want cancer to be eradicated because cancer kills. And the question is this, I mean, this goes back to Nixon. I think Nixon was the first one who had the big initiative on on ending cancer. And that was 50 years ago and we still have cancer. So it's kind of like what Christ says about the poor. Can you get rid of the poor? Uh, he says the poor will always be with us. And it's kind of the same thing with cancer. I don't think it's possible to eradicate cancer, just like I don't think it's possible to eradicate cardiovascular diseases like heart attacks, strokes, aneurysms, and whatnot. What my issue with this is a lot of the same issues I have with the nonprofits, whether they be the American Heart Association or the Diabetes Council or you know whatever fill in the blank it is, a leukemia thing, Susan G. Komen, is that I think... The large majority of the money that is donated is donated well-intentioned. You think of like Sarah McLaughlin used to have those songs in the, in the Animal Cruelty, the Humane Society commercials. And a lot of the commercials they do for these things are to pull at your heartstrings so you can donate money. And it assuages your guilt because you're donating money. See, I'm doing a good thing. I'm doing the right thing. I'm trying to help out. I'm trying to fight cancer, fight heart attacks, fight strokes, and what to fight it, sleep, restless leg syndrome, you know, whatever you're donating to. But you never really question, like, where is this money going? And in many of these, it just goes to middle management or upper management to continue the existence of their jobs. The Red Cross. I mean, the Red Cross is even on a higher level of malfeasance, I think, because you can do the history of the Red Cross going back to World War I, going back to its role in the Bolshevik Revolution. I mean, it's not necessarily a, 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 a pristine background that they have in terms of people that they've sided with, their allegations of malfeasance and impropriety and so forth. But you'll find this in all these nonprofits. They want you to donate and you want to think 90% of that is going to some cutting edge cancer doctor at Johns Hopkins. Now he's got the funding and he's this close to this super chemo drug that won't actually kill healthy cells because that's what chemo does, kills healthy cells in addition to maybe killing the cancer cells. And you want to think he just got this big check and now we're this close. No. Okay, this is like a movie. You're, you have like a movie script. Most of this money goes to the bureaucracy in these nonprofits. Stand Up For Cancer in many ways is no different. And Stand Up For Cancer is actually kind of a Hollywood version of patting itself on the back, right? Because I mean, this is what the Academy, the, the, all the award shows are like, oh, Hollywood, we changed the world with our films, just pat ourselves on the back. And it kind of reminds me how like the tobacco companies like Philip Morris, always, you'll see these commercials or these ads, stop smoking, kids stop smoking, at the end of be sponsored by Philip Morris. You're like, why are the tobacco companies doing that? Well, because they want people to watch, but like, oh, Philip Morris. They don't want kids to smoke, but they already know the, the research. It's like once you smoke, 90% of the people can't stop smoking. So it's an optic to make themselves look better. And this is the same thing here with Stand Up For Cancer. It's an optic for them to look better. Now, it was started by some big wig in Hollywood who had somebody who had cancer in their life. And they thought, oh, okay, let's create this thing. So it's created by the Entertainment Industry Foundation, the EIF. And the EIF 
is essentially the biggest charity for Hollywood types to donate. And their mission is, quote, to fund groundbreaking cancer research through innovation and collaboration and to accelerate transitional research to new target treatments to patients sooner. And it was founded back in 2008 and Center for Cancers raised you know, anywhere close to $200 million. And half of that, it's from it, its first telethon. And so look, these telethons bring in a lot of money because most Americans don't know about the Entertainment Industry Foundation or would know about Santa Up For Cancer unless they did these telethons that every network shows. So the thing is, it's this, it's where does the money go? The money is going to bureaucracy and middle management. It's not going to cutting edge cancer doctors, but the money that goes to the cancer research is going to cancer research, innovation, collaboration. These says it's not necessarily going to where we want it to go. One of the foundations that gets a lot of this money from the entertainment industry fund, industry foundation is the American Association for Cancer Research. And their money is about research. So they, they were founded back in 1907 and their job is to do a lot of research. So like, I, I think maybe some people who donate money think that this is gonna be going to cancer treatment and it's not. It's going to, aside from middle management bureaucracy and padding the money of the CEOs and these nonprofits, a lot of this money is just going to doing research and that doesn't necessarily translate it, the money getting down to where it needs to get down. I think another analogy is school districts. School districts are by nature parasitic. They don't generate their own money. So every five years they have to do a bond, right? You might see this in your own city. We need a $5 billion bond. Uh, we need more money for textbooks and classrooms. Da, da, da. And they play on your gear like, well, I want to help this. I want to help the kids. So you always pass the bond. And then normally, lots of, lots of times with these school district bonds, where is the money going? Oh, the football stadium needs new turf. Oh, we need new computers. And so if you look, like compared to 30 years ago, we're spending 10 times more per student on their education, but all the numbers are dropping in everything they do. But this is what school districts do, right? They want more money so they can do build their new toys, their new gym shack, their new science building, their new this, all this glitzy, glamoury stuff. And it's not really going to the students. And it's the same thing here. And so you'll see like a lot of co companies like MasterCard, a lot of, and a lot of, of these big companies, you'll see in the telethon donating millions of dollars to stand up for cancer. Because again, they want to look good. The actors like Reese Witherspoon want to be there because they want to look good. Oh, Reese is fighting against... Oh, oh. And look, I'm not saying that Reese Witherspoon supports cancer. What I'm saying is understand where the money is going and understand that a lot of it is deception. And my biggest problem is it doesn't talk about the things that we know lead to cancer. And it's mostly going to be lifestyle choices. So Sujin G. Komen, this is the overlap. So this is the issue I have with Sujin G. Komen just as much as I have for Stand Up For Cancer. Are you going to hear them mention some of the more controversial things that might lead to cancer? Electromagnetic radiation, cell phones, for example. Tons of studies on this. University of Washington. Put your phone on your hip, higher rate of hip fractures. Sperm motility drops. Just acoustic neuroma, neuroglioblastoma. Just all these things. Are they going to talk about the effects of plastics? Are they going to fight, I talked about breast cancer and its connections with hormonal contraceptives, long-term hormonal contraceptives. They're going to talk about abortions linked to breast cancer. 
Are they going to talk about the things that in the holistic world we know are talked about? Like doing these things increase your chances of getting cancer. Probably not. Probably not. It's something crazy like 70% of new breast, breast cancer incidences are not familial. We're getting it from crap in our food. We're getting it from sunscreen. We're getting it from the parabens and lotions. We're getting it from plastics. We're getting it from fluoridated water. We're getting it from these things that you will never hear them talk about. And going back to the female stuff, you will never hear them talk about the connections between abortion and breast cancer and hormonal contraceptives and breast cancer. So you come and we'll talk about this either as well, even though there's a lot of good studies on this. Why? Because these agencies are run by lefties. Right? They're run by lefties. And I would argue, and I wouldn't be surprised given that, the, 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 especially the global elite lefties are really big into population control. Do they really want cancer to end? I mean, cancer is a great way to sniff out a lot of people. But it's like the, the, the shell game, right? Like we're here because we want to hate cancer and fight cancer, but really we know cancer's not going anywhere because you know what? Big food, big pharma, big grocery, all these places are are putting stuff in our food either accidentally or knowingly that they know increase our chances of getting it. And then how often do you hear on these, these things as well? Stop drinking alcohol. Alcohol is a class one carcinogen. Inter International Agency in the Research for Cancer, WHO branch, we talk about it all the time. They have a list. These are the things that indubitably cause cancer. Alcohol is in there. Are we gonna hear stand up for cancer on the 18th and say, hey, everyone who's alcohol dependent, stop drinking alcohol? Same reason they enclose the alcohol stores, the liquor stores, but for COVID, they call that essential. They're not going to want to alienate. You're telling me to stop drinking my Budweiser? They going to talk about that? No. So they're not going to talk about any of the lifestyle things that cause, us, that cause cancer. It's just going to be this kind of amorphous, oh, we need to fight against cancer. Give me money so I can get a new corner office or I can hire new 10 new middle management for my nonprofit and a trickle of this money will go where you want it to go, where you think it's going, where it's not going. So in closing, Gregory, to speak in third person, of course doesn't like cancer. I have family members who currently have cancer. Will they listen to me about how the way we treat cancer today, as we've treated it for at least a half a century, doesn't always work? Yes, if you have localized tumor, please, surgery, cut it out, absolutely. Maybe use a little radiation. But the thing about radiation is the more you radiate a body part, the better chance you're going to get cancer. Like with, with mammograms, is the issue with mammograms. You can do thermal scans, for example, which are not radioactive. They're not, they, or I should say, they, they don't use radiation. But you don't hear this really talked about. And we don't hear about chemo being talked about as being largely ineffective unless it's a couple of cancers where it is infective, like lymphoma, Wilms tumor in, in the kidneys, and some other ones. So we, we will, oncologists will assign uh, uh, chemo, which is exceedingly expensive, many times not covered by insurance. So you see these desperate families who will blow all their savings on a drug, which is a poison. It poisons the cancer cells and you're just praying it's going to kill more of the cancer cells than it does the healthy cells. And so many times people are on chemo, they end up dying from pneumonia, bronchitis the common cold, because their immune system is so shot that they can't fight these basic things because of the chemo. But again, well-intentioned people 
who are using the hind part of their brain don't want to hear this, right? Grandma's got cancer. We need to fight it. If the doctor says chemo is a way to go, let's listen to the doctor, even though that doctor might get a kickback because he's an oncologist and he's been prescribing drugs that he might get money on for the kickback. And then we talked about it here, like for, for decades, the alternative treatments for cancer were banned in the United States. You had to go to Tijuana, you had to go to Mexico, you had to go to Europe, to these things. The Gerson treatment, high dose vitamin C, go back to the episode we did on Linus Pauling, finding this research big in the 1950s. He's the only American who's won the, the Nobel Prize twice. And he showing research back in the, in the 50s and 60s, high dose vitamin C can fight cancer. And they laughed them off the stage because there's no money to be made by something that is cheap to buy at the grocery store. So there's a lot of alternative treatment out there. You can change your diet, for example. There's a lot of things out there that the cancer establishment won't talk about because there's no money to be made from it. There's money to be made from cancer. We talked about it here many times. Big food is there to get us sick and fat. And then Big Pharma can sweep in and save the day with their drugs, which many of them have adverse effects. And many of them, like with the cancer treatments, can cause cancer later on or have horrible adverse effects, or they can cause cancer. Look at tamoxifen. Look how, look how toxic tamoxifen was what, 20 years ago when they were prescribing that. So, I mean, it's just like this rabbit hole. And so when it comes up to cancer and stuff like this, it just drives me crazy because I would like them to do a more complementary medicine holistic approach and actually talk about the things that really cause cancer instead of just saying, well, it's age. And then there's just this, this cancer fairy, this disease fairy that comes at 65 and just sprinkles some random disease on you that you get. No, a lot of it is lifestyle choices that we make. You eat crap, high sugar diet, directly linked to cancer. You drink a lot of alcohol, you smoke cigarettes, directly linked to cancer, and so on and so on. That's what should be mentioned but all this is a mirage because, again, on most of these nonprofits, the money isn't going where it needs to go, but it swages the person's guilt who's donating it, and these people will gladly accept the money. So don't stand up for cancer and that don't watch the show and don't give them a dime of your money. And please do research into any charity that you're considering to give research to. Guys, please write and review for The, uh, the Awakened Man if you haven't done so already. There's a link in the episode notes for PayPal, and there's a link in the episode notes for naturopathicearth.com, the website which hosts this feed and the cinema rag and all the others. And please enter the sweepstakes for the cinema rag. I did an episode on that two weeks. Until next time, take care. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Awakened Man podcast. Find us on Facebook at the Awakened Man podcast page. Subscribe and post an honest review on Apple Podcasts and consider donating to our crowdfunding account. And remember, freedom is better than needle. Until next time.
Music attributed to Nine Inch Nails.